SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. So, Terry, today we're returning to a subject that struck quite a chord with our audience when we first focused on it last summer. Yeah, we got a lot of email after that show. We did. So now we've answered your calls and are happy to bring you another program on the subject of music. Yes, music. Certainly one of the most pervasive forms of art on the planet. Though I'm not sure art is entirely accurate in all instances. Yeah, I guess that would depend on how you define art. But I would have to agree, and I'm sure it will come as absolutely no surprise whatsoever to anyone listening today, that our focus on music will have a decidedly ascended master spin. Spin, I like that. <laughs> Especially since we both spent some time in old-fashioned terrestrial radio. <laughs> and survived it by God's grace. <laughs> yeah. But today we'll try to avoid any platter puns or top 40 references or moly olies from the groove yard. And yeah. all that stuff. No, this is really very serious business. In fact, the subtitle of our show today is Music Has the Power to Harm mm. and the Power to Heal. That yeah, says it. You know, problem is a lot of people don't realize how harmful some forms of music can be to their bodies, their emotions, and, more important, their souls. Well, a little bit later on, we will hear an excerpt from a landmark lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on music, its highs and lows, entitled The Science of Rhythm. It's coming up in our next segment, and you won't want to miss it. And if that weren't enough, we have two very special guests with us today who will be ably fielding our questions during our Q&A in the second half of the program. Well, that's right. We are very excited to have with us today Linda and Robert Warabeck veteran performers of both the theater and soundstage, as well as longtime devotees of the Ascended Master's teachings. They will bring their unique blend of performance experience and spiritual perspective to this subject of music, including what makes good good music good mm-hmm. and what makes and what music is best to avoid. <laughs> yeah. And plenty more. Uh, this discussion promises to be quite memorable and you won't want to miss it. Yeah, so please hang around. And Terry, since you brought it up, let's dive into this vast subject of music by considering the question What makes good music good? Well, Manly P. Hall had a great quote. He said, because man's life is a harmonic pattern, he would be wise to choose music music that is complementary to it. But if his mind and emotions are distracted, his desires unfocused, he may choose that which does not challenge his standard, but his standards, but which caters to his delinquency. Yeah. So, based on that overview, what would make good music good? Good would be any music that aligns with man's higher nature and his highest sensibilities and aspirations. And it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to understand this. (laughs) After all, the Ascended Masters teach us that harmony is the first law. 
So, if the choice is between harmony and discord, well, it's really <laughs> no choice at all. Yeah, unless our sensibilities and awareness are clouded or distracted or numb. And unfortunately, that is more often the case with much of modern music. It's deadening, numbing, and most unfortunately, poison to our souls. But so many of us have grown so accustomed to having discordant and, dis- and deadening music around us that we barely notice its negative effects. And, you know, we don't wish to indict anyone who happens to like rock or jazz. We always have free will, after all. We merely wish to point out that music is not always the innocent diversion that some would have us believe. And if we believe it is innocent and harmless, then we won't make any real effort to keep it out of our ears. <laughs> and unfortunately, music's effects go far deeper than what the ear hears. Numerous studies have proven that music has the power to affect us at the cellular level and beyond. In fact, music's influence routinely reaches all the way to the soul, and herein lies the real issue. Which kinds of music are you allowing to reach the depths of your soul? Mm -hmm. Is the music you are charging your consciousness with beautiful or ugly? Does it harm? Does it heal? Well, in Elizabeth Clare Prophet's book, The Creative Power of Sound, we find this remarkable statement. Sound holds the key to the creation of the universe. Sound is not simply one of the keys or one of the contributing factors to creation itself. It actually holds the key to the creation of the universe. So, of course, it is no wonder that this focus on the power of sound is anything but trivial. It's actually quite central. This leads us to an obvious conclusion about the quality and effect of sound that is being produced. Which takes us back to the point we were making just a moment ago about the choices of music we allow to enter our consciousness. Beautiful music will create beautifully. You know, Terry, you're absolutely right. And beautiful music has beautiful qualities. Proper rhythm, volume, harmony, pleasing textures and themes. Classical music certainly fits this description. By obvious contrast, music that is rhythmically overbalanced, discordant, inharmonious and chaotic can have an effect that is numbing, exhausting, <laughs> mesmerizing, inharmonious, and chaotic. How do you like those? <laughs> well, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, and do. a lot of hardcore rock and roll fits into this category. So does much of jazz. Yeah, well, this point of view is central to the debate that has raged for decades about the relative value, or lack thereof, of rock and roll music and jazz. And does it really have that powerful of an impact on our bodies, minds, and souls? Well, as we said, this is a rather volatile subject. But hey, it's only rock and roll. <laughs> and how often have we heard that? Yeah. It's only rock and roll makes it sound so innocent and seemingly trivial. That's exactly what they would have us believe. It's only rock and roll. It's innocent. It's just simple, harmless diversion. Until you become aware of just how damaging it can be to your body, mind, and soul, it should come as no surprise to anyone that it has long been known that music has an effect on the brain. <laughs> music can soothe and it can stimulate. Music can make you cry and make you laugh. It can bring you into a reflective mood in which the mind ponders, thinks, and reasons. And by the same token, music can overstimulate, confuse, and finally paralyze the thinking and reasoning center of the brain, leaving an effect of feeling intoxicated and drugged. So who are they who would have us believe that rock and roll is harmless? <laughs> well, none other than the false hierarchy, the fallen ones, the forces of darkness. Well, it's really no surprise, is it? I mean, no. wherever there is negativity and discord, we find these vile creatures lurking, don't we? We do. <laughs> and for good reason. They've been very busy turning rock and roll into one of the most prosperous industries in the world. We all say. Its superstars have incomes that easily eclipse those of all the all but a handful of the world's most successful industrialists and businessmen. You know, and it's everywhere, from packed sports arenas to commercials that peddle everything from sports shoes to alcohol, from movie and television soundtracks to restaurants, department stores, even health spas. Everything today seems to march to the rhythm of rock and roll. An article that appeared in National Review made this point, quote, 
Rock's sheer pervasiveness makes it the most profound value shaper in existence today. Unless you are deaf, it is virtually guaranteed that rock music has affected your view of the world, unquote. Yeah, and uh, Dr. David Elkind, in his book, The Hurried Child, noted that one of the most underestimated influences on people today is the music industry. Young people wake up to rock music, they drive to it, play to it, study to it, they even go to sleep to it. In fact, studies show that between the 7th and 12th grades, the average teenager will listen to and watch, now listen to this, <laughs> 11,000 hours of rock music and rock videos, more than twice the time that they spend in class. <laughs> now, that's rather jaw-dropping, isn't it? I would say so. You know, the controversy surrounding the potentially damaging effects of rock and roll is really nothing new. You know, thousands of years ago, a Chinese emperor named Shun would routinely monitor the health of the provinces of his vast kingdom by simply examining the music they produced. Coarse and sensual sounds indicated a sick society, one in need of his intervention and assistance. Thousands of years later, Plato said, when modes of music change, the fundamental laws of the state change with them. <laughs> in his work entitled Laws, Plato wrote this, quote, Through foolishness, they, the people, deceived themselves into thinking that there was no right or wrong in music, that it was to be judged good or bad by the pleasure it gave. End quote. Mm. And that's largely how rock and roll is seen today, through the lens of the perceived pleasure it brings. But under this superficial view lies an ocean of pain, mm. negativity, depravity, even death, Tom, mm. affecting the very core of mankind's culture and character. Well, in fact, Plato's contemporary Aristotle made this very distinct point. Quote, music has the power to form character, unquote. Even Vladimir Lenin, co-founder of communism and one of history's greatest experts on subversion and revolution, said, quote, one quick way to destroy a society is through its music, unquote. Changing laws, <laughs> forming character, and toppling societies. Most of us are not used to speaking about music in such expansive terms. No, we're not. But this is the very existence of the point we want to make today. Whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, music has an enormous impact on the body, mind, and soul of man. And this impact is felt on other levels of life besides our own. Many studies have shown that plants, for example, respond positively to classical forms of music, actually growing and flowering faster than if there was no music at all. On the other hand, more dissident and discordant forms of music, like heavy metal, can actually retard growth and even kill the plant. And if it can do that to a plant, what is it doing to us? <laughs> the musicologist Dr. Adam Neist, who has studied the effects of music on people, said it is really a powerful drug. Music can poison you, lift your spirits, or make you sick without knowing why. Uh, and it has been proven without a doubt that certain kinds of rock make it hard to think and learn. And on the emotional level, few can deny music's power. Robert Schumann, the great composer, called music, quote, the perfect expression of the soul, unquote. And, you know, we could go on and on. Here's the sobering reality. Virtually no one takes music's inherent power and potential to manipulate very seriously. Again, it seems and feels quite benign. Even the word music itself denotes a spiritual dimension, deriving from the word muse, the title given to each of the nine daughters of Zeus, who were guiding spirits and sources of inspiration. Just as we said at the outset of today's program, sound holds the key to the creation of the universe. Music is the language of languages. Musicologist David Thiem put it very succinctly when he said of music, of all the arts, there is none that more powerfully moves and changes the consciousness. You know, you can agree or disagree that rock music is harmful, but you must admit that it is pervasive and powerful, and that beat, rhythm, lyric content, and energy penetrate to the innermost levels of our being. 
So just as you would be careful about what you eat, you might want to consider being more careful about what you allow to enter your brain and nervous system. As the Ascended Masters like to say, a word to the wise should be sufficient. And of course, we will pile on anyway, adding many words of our own. But it is our desire that the true effects of music be known and understood. Music does, in fact, have the power to harm. And by God's grace, it is never too late for music's healing power to uplift and renew the soul wearied by rock and jazz. It simply takes a conscious choice to change the channel from the astral side of music to the heavenly. One of the great ascended masters, Lord Lanto, said, There is no pit in hell too deep that heaven can't dig you out of. (laughs) Now that's encouraging. And it could be life-saving. And the best time to change the channel would be now. (laughs) You know, and speaking of time, it is time we took a short break. When we come back, we will hear an absolutely riveting excerpt from Elizabeth Clare Prophet's landmark lecture on the science of rhythm, first presented in 1977, but is utterly timeless and relevant for today. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Okay, Terry, question for you here. Why is understanding the true nature and power of music so important? Well... Because, literally, sound creates. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For more on this vitally important understanding of music and its deep impact on each of us, here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Music accompanies the flow of energy everywhere in cosmos, even in the very cell of life. It is truly the soundless sound which we hear only when we are in tune with its frequency. It has control over the lower bodies, over the emotions, the mind, the disposition. According to proportions, it can be soothing, invigorating, ennobling, vulgarizing, philosophical, 
or orgiastic. The roots of the auditory nerves are the most widely distributed and they have the most extensive connections in our body. There is scarcely a function of the human body which is not affected by musical tones. Music is a trinity of life. The power of the Father is established by the rhythm. The melody becomes the intelligence of the Son, and the harmony, the embellishment, becomes the Holy Spirit. Music, then, is a power that can be used for good or for evil, and it is a controlling factor of civilization and its trends. Aristotle said, the introduction of a new kind of music should be shunned as imperiling the whole state, since styles of music are never disturbed without affecting the most important political institutions. It has been said, it doesn't matter who writes the laws, as long as the one who controls is able to write the music of a nation. The Greeks legislated strongly to preserve the purity of their music. Composers were fined and even exiled from the state if their musical compositions were considered detrimental to the public good. Culture founded on a classical beauty and strength began to decline into a sensual state through the music which began to become weak and effeminate. Gradually, the mere virtuosi replaced the true artist, and the character of the Greeks declined, their morals weakened, and they lost their love of freedom and patriotism. All of this through the change of the sound. Since sound is creation, then we are perpetually being created and recreated, preserved or destroyed by the use we make of the trinity of life in music. The perfect sound, the rhythm, and the tempo of the heart is found in the waltz. The home of the waltz is in Vienna, and this particular focal point in Vienna is the place of the descent of the Venusians and their culture who brought this sound of the mother, as the waltz is considered to be the mother of all dance. The three-quarter time is the time of the heartbeat of God. The waltz appeared in Vienna in 1776, the burst of the flame of the heart corresponding with the freedom which we experienced in this country. Schubert brought this music to its high point in the 1800s, and all of Vienna was captured by the music of the waltz kings Schubert, Lanay, and the Strausses. In the action of the waltz, there is the balance of the Tai Chi, the accent of the flow of energy in the four lower bodies. It is the flame and the fire of Saint Germain. It is the actual rhythm of transmutation. It creates an upward spiral of light. It is a rising violet flame spiral that actually carves a pathway of light through the subconscious, through the layers of misqualified energy that are in the electronic belt. It paves the way for the raising of the ascension coil in the soul's liberation. It is an acceptable form of dance. In fact, it is a ritual of the sacred fire within the temple. The spiraling upward of the chakras from the base to the crown. All of this comes forth out of the heart. By and by then, 
jazz began to pervert the waltz beat. Jazz is the perversion of the crown chakra, taking the wisdom of the father. It has a complete absence of discipline and therefore provides no cup for illumination. It has the jagged patterns which cause the descent of energy from the crown to the lower chakras. Jazz is responsible for the overemphasis of the sexual nature. The orgiastic element of its syncopated rhythm produces a hyper-excitement of the nerves and loosens the power of self-control. It forces all of the energies of the temple and of the spinal altar in a downward pattern, in a jagged rhythm, so that when these energies become concentrated in the lower chakras, they must be released in some form of sensual pleasure, of destructivity, including murder and mayhem. The harsh ear-splitting percussions were brutalizing and reverted man to the primitive nature of his raw instinct. The unchanneled energies before the path of initiation shatters the matrices of energy. We find then that without the path of initiation, this energy becomes totally destructive and totally chaotic. The hypnotic effect upon the dancers and the spectators is the entire point of jazz. It becomes a ceremonial music and it affects the rate of the heartbeat. It has a subtle but insistent influence upon both the mind and the emotions. It renders the individual out of contact with reality because he has literally lost the mind of God. Researchers have found that jazz has little or no therapeutic value. All compositions featuring broken rhythms, dissonance, and an exaggerated tempo are stimulants and irritants. They drain the chakras by jazz and then must produce an additional stimulant in order to have an alternative energy source. Now, on first contact with this music, it is violent to the soul. But as it becomes a part of our culture that is not the real culture of the mother, we become accustomed to it. And as with all addictions, whether they are of alcohol, nicotine, drugs, or sugar, or whatever, it becomes something which we want more and more and more of because it keeps on taking and taking and taking from us. This energy robs you of energy. It releases the energy of the chakras so that you have to keep hearing it in order to have the additional stimulus. And this explains the fact that today jazz or rock music has to be the background of life in America. Wherever you go, there are people who cannot live without that background music. It is literally an addiction to the anti-rhythm of the mother. So the appreciation for the original sounds and music is dulled as our senses become broken by the harsh rhythms and the jagged force field that we have through jazz. At the level of the throat chakra, we find the coming of rock and roll. It marked a revolution that had been simmering for years. In 1955, the rebellion externalized when James Dean appeared as the sensitive anti-hero in Rebel Without a Cause. The turning point came dramatically with the film Blackboard Jungle. It introduced 
the complete perversion of the science of the mother, the color and the sound of the mother in the song Rock Around the Clock. Now, as we all know, the stimulation of this sound is extremely infective and attractive. It lies in the fact that as soon as you begin to hear the music and the beat, instantly energy is released from your chakras. It is forced. It is catapulted out of the chakras, producing immediate physical sensation of a sexual nature, which vibrates and quivers along the whole body temple. The release of this energy, then, becomes the catapulting of the mother force into complete sex energy and a sex culture, and this is what we have seen coming out of that seemingly harmless sound which has now become the complete debasing of life that has reduced us to this level of child pornography, the misuse of the holy child. We find that these degradations always begin seemingly harmlessly, but that they are never harmless. In order to be able to refrain from moving with this energy and this sound, one must have the determined understanding of the discipline of the raising of the energies of the chakras. This is not easy when we are in the midst of the mainstream of our culture today, which is the perverted culture of the mother. We find then that since we are not God-taught, we do not understand the disciplines, we do not realize that it is the life force which is being taken from us, that it is easy to go along with this, because just as with the coming of the blues, it's a lazy way out. It is the instantaneous sex thrill by the use of the drum, the rhythm, to force the turning of the chakras for the downward spiral culminating in sex. The film Blackboard Jungle made heroes of delinquents in rebellion against authority, perversion of the throat chakra. As you know, Bill Haley and the Comets soared to the top ten with a rock around the clock, and at last the youth had a music uniquely their own. Its roots easily traced to the rhythm of the voodoo, now adapted by the black and the white races alike around the world. Elvis Presley epitomized rock and roll and blatantly introduced overt, aggressive sex to his audiences. He snarled lyrics like, I was born standing up and talking back, I'm evil. He was written up recently as the king of satanic sneer. For him, it was easier to release his energy in this way than to release it as the discipline of energy for the soul liberation and the soul reunion. He was rock's first superstar, sex symbol, and rebel. Following Elvis, the folk rock singers were next in line. This period of the early 60s marked the protest songs and strong fight for civil rights with blacks and hip whites shared. Now this movement, again, is at the level of the throat chakra. It is the moving in of the fallen ones to seize that energy of the chakra, turn it into sensuality, deprive the children of light of the great victory of the science of the word. What was motivating this culture shock in America? Within a decade, rock and roll, rebellion, sexual liberty, protest, and dope became the marks of a hip lifestyle. 
It began in the music. Without the music, that could have never taken place. Without the music, the drug culture could not have happened. Without the music, there could not have been rebellion. There could not have been the taking and misusing of the authority. We find then that the plan of takeover does not begin in the people of nations. It begins in the fallen ones, in their conspiracy working in the souls of light of all nations. It is not simply a communist plot. It is the conspiracy of those who are anti-God, anti-life, and anti-soul. Where do we go then in the music of the future? This presents to us an immense challenge. It is a challenge to all of us to call forth the music of the spheres, to maintain our internal harmony, to accept the flow of the violet flame for the purification of these records. The sources which were tapped by the great composers of the centuries remain sources of vast expressions of music that can come forth. Oh boy, that was a, that was a meal, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. Tom. <laughs> well, up next our weekly Q and A, and today, as promised, we are joined by special guests Linda and Robert Warabeck, wonderful and highly accomplished musicians who have turned their love of music into beautiful spiritual expression. Please stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Yes, and we are back, and it is our distinct pleasure to welcome Linda and Robert Warbeck to the open door. Hello, Linda. Hi. Hi, Robert. Hi. Hey, Tom and Terry. Hi. Good to okay, see you. Okay, now I um, kind of prepared you for this ahead of time. You sort of know what's coming. First question is, um, 
toot your own horn just a little bit, okay? Kind of tell us a bit about yourselves, and you can decide who goes first. You mean read from the curriculum vitae? Oh, yes, your, your resume <laughs> would be just fine. Would you? How much time do we have? <laughs> it'll, it'll take about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, I bet it's going to take more than that. But that's okay. uh, you know, but my background is, uh, I, 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 when I was growing up, we always sang in my family. We were kind of like the Midwest American version of the Trap Family Singers <laughs> from The Sound of Music. Oh, Came from a large family. We all sang around the piano after dinner, you oh, know. Lovely. So there was a, there was never a time we we weren't involved with music. So you know, when I got older, I went looking for uh, the the classic Broadway of you know uh, Oklahoma, My oh, Fair yeah. Lady, Fiddler on the Roof. I went up to New York to to be an actor in the theater, and right. I arrived just in time <laughs> for when, interestingly enough, with our topic today, when rock music had arrived on Broadway. Oh boy! And I ended up starring in Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell and a lot of the other. Rock musicals of that era, and is an interesting background to our topic. And so here you're healing now. I'm yes, I've been working on healing for the last 35, 40 years. Here, uh, I've done a lot of recording. Been in the recording studio for years. I've recorded no, oh, probably over four hundred songs at this point, and worked in musical theater, directed people, and in plays, and worked in education for years as well, directing and writing plays and productions for young people. Um, so you know where if you speak. I got some street cred. <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, and you, Linda, how about you? Well, I was actually doing the same thing as a little girl. We um, would stand around the piano and sing. I did my first solo when I was in kindergarten. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I love music and I love to sing. Later on, I became a classically trained singer and have a master's degree in voice. And I performed on the East Coast in Boston mainly um, with I'd say over a dozen performing groups doing solo work and, and then I was also into musical theater. And, uh, but when we came out here to Montana, I met my husband Robert and he was a director and I was the soprano in the. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in I, the and I immediately started directing her as, uh, in, in love duets where I was the tenor. Yeah. Oh. So that's how we got together. I and, like that. Yeah. It worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it worked out for Linda too. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's, uh, I'm sure that you could talk a lot more about your background, but it's, you've got a beautiful no voice. Need. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. my, my I want to add just really quick here that um, you know Terry is quite an um, experienced musical performer, and I've done a little bit too. Yeah, so we all kind of in the same yeah. milk. And when I was in the uh, in the womb, my mother was a lyric soprano, recorded, and uh, she sang every day. And oh, I came nice. out, you know, humming. So I think wow, uh, we have it in our blood. Yeah. At, least, at least you weren't a soprano, though. <laughs> I was for the first ten years of my life. For the, for the, for, yeah, I was in the Vicious Voice Choir until my yeah. voice changed. Oh, there yeah. you go. This yeah. is a musical mandala here. It is yeah. indeed. Yeah. And David, our engineer, also he's a musician. Oh yeah, so. fine musician. Boy, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, enough well, horn, horn tooting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump into a question. You know, we, we, the masters have made it clear that sound is creative. We talked about that earlier. So, can you expand on the role of sound in creation? Well, everything is created by sound. That's what Mrs. Prophet said. Mm-hmm. And it's, she didn't just make that up. It's been known throughout history, the Indian masters and the great teachers and the, in the Vedas and all of the, um, sacred scriptures have talked about the word and the ur sound. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the Bible, it says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
So we are the word because mm-hmm. we have the potential of creation within us because we are a part of God's creation. So sound does create physical matter. And I think that's the interesting thing about our topic. When you go to the cause behind the effect, as, as Mrs. Prophet said, the music is actually the cause for all the effects of either building up a society or tearing it down. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and, and both of you actually mentioned that in the first segment of the program when you were talking, you're quoting from, from the, the Greek philosophers. And oh, yeah. I mean, this has been known for many, many uh, lifetimes. Well, I agreed. And I think that the, the, the power is something that we all inherently understand. Even if you're not able to speak it necessarily, I think people know that when, when, they're, when they're in the thrall of music, they recognize it's like a trance state. That's right. And mm-hmm. so the c- controlling that trance is what society's, well, Unfortunately, we catch ourselves being controlled <laughs> before we even know it. Right. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I want to also continue on. The original creative sound is the OM, mm-hmm. which stands for, the A stands for alpha, the beginning. Mm-hmm. The O stands for omega, the ending. And the U in the middle is you, the Christ potential. Nice. So you go alpha through Pretend. you into the omega, the beginning and the ending, and that is creation. And so when we intone the om, we are actually calling into the physical world the trinity of life, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in the cradle of the Mother Light. And maybe we'd like to do a little experiment and just intone the om together. And, sure. And your listeners can intone it with us. Absolutely. Why don't you lead that one? All right. My state just changed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm going to turn the lens around here just a little bit, but one thing we want to do is stress the role of education in advancing our understanding of music as a force for either harm or healing. While it's tempting to make or want to make this subject black and white, you know, shouldn't our goal be to educate people so that they can discern for themselves the impact that music can have on their bodies, minds, and souls? Well, you know, it, it's been said, Tom, that you can't change anything but yourself. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can yeah. you can educate, as you say, and mm-hmm. that is, uh, I think that's the purpose of this wonderful program, as well as to allow people information or to pass that information on to people that they can then say, you know, let me weigh that in, mm-hmm. in the balance of my own being and my own world and life and see how that fits for me. So education is probably the most important factor of of any topic as, shall we say, volatile as this. Mm-hmm. Because you never want to say to somebody, you know, do you know what you're doing right now? It's really bad. <laughs> you know, the life that you've been leading, uh, the music you listen to is terrible. Um, you should change right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't work that way as well we know. And no. uh, just, all we have to look at relationships and realize that it doesn't change no. that fast. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's, that's one of the things that you want to, you want to, you want to give information to people and then they can make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, well, one of the things we talk about often in our shows is discernment. And one of the catchphrases we've used in the past has been understanding the signal-to-noise ratio. And in our society, in our culture, we tend to be bombarded with noise, which distorts the signal. The signal being light, being the awareness of God, you know, that I am presence. So the signal-to-noise ratio is always a pretty good way of kind of deciding in the moment, what's what am I getting right now? Is it a lot of noise? 
or am I getting pretty strong signal? And if the signal isn't coming through very strong, you can adjust the dial. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, we can change ourselves. That's our dial. It isn't somebody else turning it for us. We have to finally decide, you know, I think I want something higher. I want something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, change it yourself. Yeah. But, you know, much of what we believe and practice regarding the teachings of the Ascended <laughs> Masters revolves around the science of the spoken word. Again, you know, a powerful and creative use of sound. In fact, we consider prayer to be the sound and language of the soul. And when spoken out loud, it can unlock the dynamic energy of spirit. So talk a bit about decrees, what they are and how they work, their essential musicology and the central role of sound in their delivery. I think you mean musicality. Musicality. <laughs> what did I say? Musicality. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that does relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, decrees are spoken prayers that can change physical matter and emotional burdens. And it's a science that, that has been used for many, many centuries by the adepts of the East and West, they use chants, mantras, affirmations, mm-hmm. songs, songs, yeah, songs, songs right? of joy, uh-huh. praise, fiats of light, and all for the purpose of increasing uh, the action of light or a benign action in the world of man and in the in the world, uh, the physical world itself. So, mm-hmm. specifically, a decree is a command to God to manifest a positive change in the world. It's a very powerful action. It's actually much more powerful than meditation or just going within. But you have, the, the again, the power of sound. When mm-hmm. you say it out loud, that changes the physical universe. Do you want an example of a decree? Absolutely. And I think that one of the things, again, that we have said many times worth repeating is that the, the throat chakra is a real place of power mm-hmm. for us. That's mm-hmm. right. So we often use this short decree, I am a being of violet fire, mm-hmm. I am the purity God desires. And when you invoke violet fire, that's actually the seventh ray of transmutation, and it cha- again, it's the sacred energy of God being used in a very specific manner in that color spectrum from the rainbow, mm-hmm. the violet. It's the, the closest to the physical universe, so... Let's just say this together. Yeah, okay. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. And of course, when you say I am, you're saying God in me. Mm-hmm. Is doing this. Yep, that's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is um, powerful. Again, you know, kind of moving into this t- subject a bit. Um, well, a dive into terminology. We're using the words sound and music more or less interchangeably. Is that accurate, or is there some distinction that should be made between the two? Well, you know, we can anybody can make a sound. Mm-hmm. You know, I can clap my hands, and there's there's a sound. Now, is that necessarily music? Uh, that's probably one of the problems we have today <laughs> because we have a lot of people making sounds that are not necessarily yeah. music. We have to go back to the toolbox that uh, we heard in the lecture earlier where they talk about the manifestation of the Trinity mm-hmm. being rhythm, melody, harmony. What kind of rhythm, what kind of melody, what kind of harmony? All of that creates music. Indeed. Well, that's very succinctly put. Thank you. Well, um, we've got to take a break here, but don't go away, because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of music's power with Linda and Robert Warbeck. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. That's right. We are back for more discussion with Linda and Robert Warbeck on the importance of understanding the power of music in our lives, culture, and society. Now, here's a kind of juicy topic. <laughs> Do you consider music like rock and roll or even jazz, for that matter, to be part of a larger strategy of soul subversion orchestrated by the fallen ones and their minions? First of all, tell me what is a minion? Is onion. that like an onion? Is it, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I love that word. Oh, oh. <laughs> the minions. Yeah. Well, at least not as offensive when you <laughs> breathe in somebody's face. There you go. Linda, you start off answering <laughs> that question. Yeah. Yeah. Have some minions on that sentence? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Mrs. Prophet has been making a very strong case for that. Um, her books, Fallen Angels and the Origin of Evil and Fallen Angels Among Us, give us a really detailed explanation of the reasons for concern and how we all have been manipulated for, for eons, really. And, and, and those are on Amazon. Well, Amazon. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and something about Rock Around the Clock that was mentioned in that lecture, well, we look back now, those songs seem so innocuous oh, to us. They, they seem so simple now. So it's the old thing, when you, to answer that question, uh, is it part of a larger strategy? Anything done too <laughs> drastically at first, no one would buy into it. Yes. So it's done very subtly by degrees. Yeah. And so look how far away from that we are now. Incremental erosion. Yep. Yeah, and you know, before we went back on the air, I was mentioning that I was in the theater for that Rock Around the Clock uh, movie, or the Blackboard Jungle, I should say. So was I. And I knew in my soul <laughs> that something was wrong, something was really wrong mm. with what was going on. Mm. So 
how do we get this uh, negative effects or the negative effects, I should say, of exposure to rock and roll out of our systems? Yeah, well, one of the first things, you know, it's uh, you substitute better music. Mm-hmm. You know, get music that, first of all, if you're <laughs> developing a discernment, as you said, Tom, yep. you know, f- check out the melody, check out the rhythm, check out the harmony of the pieces you're listening to. You know, classical music, Indian ragas, Celtic, folk, not all of these genres, all songs are great. You have to use some discernment yep. mm-hmm. and but, figure it out. And, you know, the other thing we didn't really talk about, but what is a rock beat? And yeah. the, ro- the rock beat is actually a syncopated beat or uh, it has a back beat to it. So if you are in 4 4 time, 1 2 3 4, 1 mm. 2 3 4, that's a regular 4 4 time, but a, a rock beat is actually the accent is on the 2 and the 4. So it's 1, one 2, two three, 4, mm-hmm. one, two, two three, 4. Oh, you're going to hear that in every rock song ever made because that is the predominant beat. And that's what we're talking about. And that's the downward spiral of energy. It pushes the energy down mm-hmm. instead of up. And it goes against the heartbeat. You know, it actually it, it, it is out of sync with a natural rhythm of life. And so I think that's the one thing when you say, well, you know, <laughs> is this a good song or not? You really have to listen to that beat. The beat is the, the defining factor for what will cause that energy to be taken out of your chakras. Well, you know, uh, which raises the question, you know, why is it that so many people like rock and roll? Well, it was said in the lecture, mm-hmm. that downward energy, it, it gets an excitement going, and it has to be released some some way. Yeah. There's a reason the old catchphrase was sex, drugs, and rock, rock and roll. roll. Yeah. There's a reason for that phrase, because it moves the energy into wanting quick release. Yeah. And that's through sex, through drugs, and through a whole slew of other things that are not really healthy for the soul. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a pleasurable experience. It's sensation, really. That's what, it, that's what we're going for, is mm-hmm. the senses. And you get down to the physical senses, and you can just Stay there forever. And you know? it's a squandering then of your life force. It's a squandering of the light. And we're we s- want to go up. We want to take the, the yes, light up in a do. spiral. We don't want to go down. <laughs> we want to go up. So we, <laughs> so we don't want to have it siphoned off. Yeah, so you focus on the upper chakras from the heart upward and rather than the, the downward chakras, right. so, so to speak. Right. So um, now you have a, a free webinar coming up. Uh, well, well I, you know, if, if I may interject yeah. here, let's talk a bit about the finer qualities and forms of music that feed our souls, you know, such as um, some classical music, waltzes, of course. What is it that makes these so appealing? Well, I, I actually, the original beautiful music of the spheres came from India and from the the motherland. And so when we hear that music, the Indian ragas and the bhajans, things like that, you get a a true cosmic understanding of how music has evolved from from that point. But it does have the, the three components. Rhythm, which is the aspect of the father. Melody, which is the aspect of the son. And harmony, which is the aspect of the Holy Spirit in the foundation of the mother light. The trinity. The trinity, mm-hmm. right. The trinity of, of, of music. So waltzes have that beautiful three-quarter time. And that is the... Um, rhythm of our heartbeat, our mm-hmm. natural heartbeat. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And it's uh, a spiral that's created. Classical music, and as we said, not all classical music is great, but, <laughs> you know, there yeah. can be some. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, 
Uh, well, well, wait, uh, I, I, just on that subject, yeah. Um, yeah, in and of itself, you know, we, we said before that there's certain kinds of music that are good or not good, and you can't make a blanket statement. Right. That, you know, there's some classical music, and I've heard some of the modern classical music that just puts my teeth on edge, and I don't know why or how people really find it beautiful, but they call it classical. Mm-hmm. So there is that, that level of distinction, as you said, Robert, earlier, that we have to learn discernment. It's learn, the old you know, black and white thing again. You yeah. can't, it's, you can't, uh, you can't put that overlay on it and say, "Well, this is a named cla- this is the name of classical. Right. It's okay. It's great. No, yeah, it must no, be good." No, that's that's abdicating your responsibility again. Yeah. You have to change, and you have to decide what is the right that makes you feel good. Everybody knows what they feel like when they go to a rock concert. Everybody knows what they feel like when they hear some music that actually makes them feel exalted. It's a whole different feeling. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. Well, I remember somebody took me, bought me a ticket, took me on a, one of my birthdays years ago to a um, Schoenberg concert, <laughs> thinking that, oh, this is going to be good. And sure. I, I, I came out shaking my head and go, you know, am I supposed to like that? Do you know what we call that music? Right. Skrunk music. Skrunk. Skrunk. <laughs> He's playing the keys inside his piano. Uh, that's right. And, and, you know, the reason is because it's so intellectual and you think, oh, I should like this, but there's yeah. no reason to like it. Yeah, right. And you get fooled again. It's that same old plot. Well, somebody know? came up to me and said, God, wasn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, that's when you, say, you reply, yes, it was really something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was yeah. really something. Interesting. G-R-A-T-E. Scroink. Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> okay, well, I, I started talking about your webinar coming up. Uh, you have a free webinar coming up in uh, in a couple of days on this very subject of music. Can you give us some of the details? Because I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who want to know mm-hmm. more about this important topic. Yeah, um, our webinar is this Thursday, January 17th from 6 to 7 p.m. And you can sign up and reserve your space. It's uh, free, as we said. Simply go to www.tsl.org forward slash next webinar. And we'll repeat that in a moment. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, we're going to have 24 audio excerpts in the webinar to illustrate our, illustrate our point about... Um, Music, can it take you up and can it bring you down? Mm -hmm. Which, of course, we know you can do both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, So anyway, let's repeat that. Um, This free webinar, Thursday, January 17th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, correct? Mountain Time. Mountain Time. time. Mm -hmm. That's that's 5 p.m. Pacific, folks, and it's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Um, www.tsl.org forward slash next webinar. That's it. Okay, and I think that uh, you have uh, space limitations. Should people uh, get on that train no. right now? No, I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. Open yeah. to all. That's I good. think they've got yeah. a lot of room. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I'm looking folks, forward to it. Yeah, you, my wife you, and I are going to tune in. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely want to listen to this. It's really very, very, very good. Well, and of course, at this moment, um, <laughs> another hour has just vanished. <laughs> Um, and it's time to wrap things up. And I want to give special thanks to Linda and Robert Warbeck for joining us today and engaging with us on this fascinating and vitally important subject of the power of music. And we want to thank you out there, too, for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. Indeed, I hope you will. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult... The rewards are out Out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you.
thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.